Hi, I'm Jacqueline Kinser, and for the past five years, I've been helping families all around the globe to overcome their breastfeeding challenges. And this is the first non-clinical breastfeeding podcast that shows you how to rock breastfeeding and master motherhood through practical tips, mindset shifts, and honest conversation to create a confident and empowering breastfeeding journey. This is the Breastfeeding Talk Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here today. This is a unique episode and sort of the beginning of a series that I'm going to be introducing to you as part of the Breastfeeding Talk podcast. And this episode, what I'm doing is I'm bringing on a listener of the podcast to share her own breastfeeding journey. And what I want to do is highlight various breastfeeding journeys. Some have been difficult, some have been easy, some have faced numerous different challenges. And what's unique about Serena's journey that she's going to be sharing with you today is that she became a mom at 19 years old. She also went through a separation with her partner, became a single mom, and then found a new partner and had more children and breastfed them as well. So there, I know there are some listeners out there that may be in a similar situation as her. She's also even more incredible that she started her own business amidst all of this having children. And I just think she's absolutely incredible. And Serena is one of my favorite people that I've gotten to know uh, through a an online program that we're in together. And so I'm just so excited to bring her on and share her journey. And I wanted to let you know as listeners that if you have some breastfeeding journey that you feel at the end of the day is something that is empowering, something you'd love to share with the listeners of this podcast, let me know. You can go on my website, breastfeedingtalkpodcast.com and actually apply to be a guest or feel free to just head over to Instagram and send me a DM. Let me know a little bit about your story. And if it sounds like you're a good fit for the podcast, I'll send you the application and we'll go from there. So without further ado, let's bring Serena on. I'm so excited for you to hear her story. Welcome to the Breastfeeding Talk podcast, Serena. I'm so excited to have you here. Serena and I connected through such a funny story. I was featured on another podcast called the Mind Your Business podcast with one of my mentors, James Wedmore, who I absolutely love. And Serena connected with me hearing my episode there. And what's so cool about this is she's really, other than my own story that I've turned told on the podcast, she is the first mom story that we're bringing on uh, to share. And I want to share just so many different perspectives because, you know, there's so many different types of women, so many different types of moms, so many types of different breastfeeding experiences and situations. And I want to just really highlight the just diversity of breastfeeding experiences. And maybe there's a part of Serena's story and journey that you will resonate with or learn something from because she's got a lot to tell. So just a little bit of an intro with her. Um, you know, she is a mom. Breastfeeding has been such a huge portion of her adulthood and she's very passionate about it and supporting others, especially young moms, because she became a mom at age 19 and she actually lost her own mom when she was 13. 
shortly after she gave birth to her baby sister. So I don't want to steal Serena's thunder and go into her whole story. Welcome, Serena. I'd love for you to dive in and just tell us a bit about your background, becoming a mom and that tragic experience with your own mom and your own family. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so I'll just jump in with, uh, yeah, I became a mom at 19, uh, with my high school sweetheart and I, so breastfeeding has been a part of a lot of my adulthood, right? If, um, that started at 19, I'm in my thirties. Um, when my oldest daughter was 10 years old, I started again. I started all over with two more kids. And, uh, so a, a huge portion of my adulthood has been, uh, surrounding breastfeeding. I've been super passionate about it, uh, ever since I was 19. Um, I went straight to college after I had my, my oldest daughter and I breastfed through college and, um, until she was about three years old, even, um, I, I'm not sure exactly how, how you want to go about talking about my story. If you had different questions about Honestly, it. Yeah, no, I kind of want to dive in. <laughs> what was it like breastfeeding going through college? Yeah. So, I haven't personally experienced that. And a lot of my clients, I was saying this to Serena before we started recording, I very rarely have clients as young as 19, you know, here and there, but most are, are, are 25 plus, definitely mostly are in their 30s. So I'd love to hear you share what that was like being in college and breastfeeding a baby. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough. Um, it was, so she was born in 2005. I had her in December. So my first semester at college, I was pregnant. <laughs> I had her over my Christmas break and instead of going back into full-time classes in person, I was able to enroll in school online as part at part of at my university. So in 2005, the online classes were just starting to kind of take off um, as part of the university curriculum. So I was fortunate enough to be able to take a full quote unquote full load. Of, of courses to keep my scholarships. And I did online courses from home for that semester um, until she was, I guess, she was about eight months when I went back to in, in-person classes. And she, I had her enrolled in the Child Development Center on my University of Campus. And my schedule was, I would go to class all day Wednesday um, Monday Wednesday Friday while she was at the child development center and I would actually between my classes I would go go to the daycare center and nurse her and hang out with her and have lunch <laughs> uh, and they were super supportive of that um, it's it's worth also mentioning the area that I grew up in 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 New Mexico it's fairly common for young women to become moms at such a young, young age, if that makes sense. I, I was one of five girls that graduated pregnant from high school. Um, so culturally, it's very accepted there. It was, I mean, it's not like 
the total norm, but it's pretty normal that, uh, that you have lots of young moms. What wasn't as normal was that I was actually going to college and um, <laughs> finishing college. So I'm pretty, pretty fortunate to have had a great support system at my university to have my child on campus um, and be able to, to visit throughout the day. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I, um, at the beginning of college, I would you know, I just, I spaced it out to where I was taking evening classes on those days and, um, she was with family. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how it was through college. And then I also worked because we ended up, I ended up splitting up with her dad when she was about a year and a half old and had to find a job. And so I, I, I utilized my family network and people would help babysit in the evening so I could take night classes while I worked during the day and on weekends. And it was rough, but, <laughs> but I made it and we're all still alive. Uh, I, I used to feel really guilty how often I had her in daycare and with other people helping her. But as mm -hmm. I got older and, and uh, I, I realized the example that I was setting for her was that, um, you know, you can persevere through everything. She's seen me, she's, she saw me graduate college, right? So she, in her mind, that's kind of like the norm for her. So she's going to grow up knowing that she could accomplish anything if her mom was able to go through college as a single mom and graduate and um, and then I went on to study for my CPA exam and all that kind of stuff. So pretty much her whole life, she's seen me, <laughs> she's seen me studying and working towards, uh, another goal, but wow, yeah, I'll that's pause so there amazing. in case you have questions. <laughs> no, that's really cool. And I like, you know, yes, I hear what you're saying, how hard it was, but I also hear how well supported you were like with this on campus childcare and family and you made it happen regardless. And I love that. And one of the things that you had told me actually was that you gave a persuasive speech about breastfeeding laws in your public speaking class while you were in college. So right. I want to hear more about that. Was it like, yeah, what exactly were you talking about there? Because I mean, there's, there's so much progression that has happened in the last, you know, 13 years regarding that. So perhaps yeah, you absolutely. Act. Yeah, I think back then it definitely was not um, a right in every state for a woman to breastfeed in public. So now pretty much the law is wherever you're allowed to be, you're allowed to breastfeed your child in public. Uh, whether you get shamed for that or not um, <laughs> is another story, but um, I've been lucky enough to always have been in areas and communities where I've never felt weird about breastfeeding in public. I was pretty, um, when I was younger with my first, I was, I was pretty modest about it. I would cover up and stuff, uh, this time around with my next two, I, I didn't even care about that, <laughs> but laws, like you said, laws have definitely changed in that, in that realm. Uh, yeah, I took a public speaking class. I can't remember what if it was toward the end of of college or um or more towards the beginning cuz like I I might have mentioned before, I breastfed her until she was about 3. Wow. Wow. So, that was the majority of my college 
was breastfeeding her. I did supplement though, because like I said, I had a family helping a lot. And so uh, we, I did supplement with formula at the beginning. Um, I probably didn't start that, not like the way beginning. I probably started that around uh, four to six months supplementing with formula when she was with my mother-in-law. And were you pumping at that time too, or just supplementing because you had so much going on with your course schedule and, and workload? Yeah, I was just supplementing. I would only pump to like basically relieve pressure. <laughs> I didn't right. have like an electric pump. I had this hand pump that La Leche League got, uh, was able to give me. And uh, so that was a resource back then which has been around for a really long time. I'm sure you're listening. Over 60 years. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do remember when I, when I had my baby, I had her in the hospital and, um, I do remember, I don't know if it was a nurse or a lactation consultant that came in, you know, to kind of make sure that the latch was good and all that kind of stuff. But, um, they did offer to connect me with La Leche League and have like an in-home, an in-home visit after we went home. Uh, but I was so, <laughs> I don't know if it was like shame, embarrassment or anything like, like along those lines, but I did not, I didn't utilize that resource. I was like afraid of anyone coming into my house and judging me for being a young mom and like, what are they, if they're going to judge the way that we live because we're young and we don't have like nice furniture and uh, we live in a double wide, although like it was clean. We weren't, it wasn't trashy. We weren't like on drugs or anything like that. But I was so concerned about feeling judged by being such a young mom and we weren't married. So there was wow. that too. Um, and so I, and I, I want to chime in there because I have noticed that in my practice that There have been times where before having an office space where, you know, families would contact me and ask if they could come and see me. They did not want me to come to their homes. And ultimately I convinced them like, Hey, like, it's all right. I'll come to you. And they give me their address and they're kind of like, you know, maybe isn't like the best part of town or whatever. Uh, and I, I have no judgment. Right. But they don't know me. They've never met me before. Um, and I, you know, I try to reassure them over the phone and and even even women in like a nice area and in beautiful home, you know, I walk in and they're like apologizing, <laughs> even though it literally says like when you book an appointment with me, it says like please don't, you know, I'm not a guest, like don't offer me water, like you don't need to offer me anything when I come to your home, you don't need to clean it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, the house is a mess, and I'm like, you know, you just had a baby, so it's okay. And I have, you know, I've been in a lot of different situations and, and I I can't speak for every other lactation consultant out there, but I hear what you're saying. And I have heard it from other moms, just that uncomfortableness of, wow, someone might come in my home and what are they going to think of me? And then maybe partially to like, what if I'm not doing this right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you want the help, but there's that kind of fear is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I even dealt with it this time around because I had I had a home birth with my last one. And so the midwife comes to visit a couple times before the birth to make sure that you have your kit and everything is ready to go and she knows how to get to your house and all that kind of stuff, like a practice run. Right. And then she comes again after the baby's born to check up on us, which is really nice by the way, not having to leave the house for the 
for the checkups. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, I even dealt with it kind of at that point because I was like, well, you know, whatever. This is it, though. This is where we're having the baby. So, ah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it is. Uh, I you know, I've definitely had families that I've known that they had a home birth like in a in an apartment, and they were concerned about their neighbors hearing stuff. <laughs> but I'm like, well, you know, they're just gonna have to deal with it. And if you're up on an upper floor, and <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it is. You know everybody's journey is different. And I feel like you have just really persevered, not just even the fact that you were able to breastfeed and continue that, but to do it for as long as you did. And, you know, you, you mentioned your mom a little bit. She's come into the story here a couple times. Um, you know, for, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about you because, it, or her and, you know, your relationship with her, because mm-hmm. it sounds like you were fairly close to her and you had learned a bit about breastfeeding from her, from your siblings as well. Yeah, absolutely. So my mom, uh, got my parents divorced when I was like in third grade and my mom got remarried, um, a couple years later and had two more kids with my stepdad. And by that time I was, I think I was in fifth grade when my little brother was born. And so I witnessed her breastfeeding from the beginning. And the awesome thing about being able to be exposed to something like that when you're young is that that's all you know, right? That's what my mom did. I saw her do it. I didn't see her struggle whatsoever with it. She just knew that was what she was going to do. And therefore, when I had a baby, I knew that's what I was going to do. Um, Side note, <laughs> I really struggled when I when I let my mother-in-law feed my baby formula because I really didn't want to give her formula, but that's the situation we were in. And uh, so, yeah, because I always knew I was gonna I was gonna breastfeed. When I got asked at the doctor's appointments about breastfeeding, you know, are you gonna breastfeed? Are you gonna formula feed formula? Whatever. I just always was like, why is this even a question? <laughs> Yeah, because that's what you knew, right? You yeah. you just knew that's what you would do because you had that example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's something to be said about like different. Um, I think you had touched on this in one of your previous episodes about being in a culture where you're around that um, when generations kind of stay in the same community and you and you grow up around other, you know, your aunts and. Uh, sisters and whoever that are breastfeeding and just kind of ingrained when you're around it. And that's what our culture is kind of missing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the biggest, uh, there's several whys uh, for, you know, what I do and why I do it. Um, one, One big one for me is because there are many of us in this generation who come from families, we, we were not breastfed or we weren't breastfed very long and it was undermined. And there is that generational wounding that has happened. Mm -hmm. And if we can succeed as, you know, as breastfeeding mothers in that capacity, we have the power to set that example and standard for the next generation. So our own children and our grandchildren and not only that, we often end up healing the previous generations as well. I cannot tell you how many consults I've had with mothers and grandmothers of the mother present. And they've just said, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. I'm so glad you could help 
you know, her, her breastfeed, I couldn't do it, or I didn't have this kind of help or I was told my breast milk was bad, especially women of color. I have heard that so much. And then the wounding there with the history of wet nursing and things like that. And so, yeah, you had already had a wonderful example from your mother and you're, you're continuing that generational line of breastfeeding can work despite all of these life challenges that, you know, and and it's not that other people are are not capable or, or not weak. We don't know everyone's circumstances, but you went through a lot and you still made breastfeeding a big part of your mothering and really came out triumphant with graduating college. I mean, the fact that you graduated, the fact that you went to college is amazing, but the fact that you still, you graduated, that's huge. So then I'd love to hear a little more about, you know, beyond that. And then your, your next two children that you had. Yeah. Um, so let's see, where are we then? Graduating college. Um, and then, you, so, and, and if you want to dive into this too, so it sounds like you had a partner there, um, and then that didn't, that relationship had ended and then right. there was some sort of transition going on there as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that was huge, right? Having a young baby that I'm still breastfeeding and, and I mean, we could totally go down a rabbit hole with the the effect that your own emotions have on your baby when you're breastfeeding <laughs> um, and how being in a not healthy situation is just really not healthy all around for everybody involved. But um, yeah, there was definitely a, a lot of conflict with her dad. And uh, I was hindsight, I was probably dealing with postpartum depression. Uh, I was definitely dealing with um, emotional abuse and some narcissistic behavior. And, uh, it seemed to have a negative ripple effect on my baby, like on nights or evenings or whatever, when I was really upset and I would still like try to breastfeed her or whatever. It just would like, I don't know how to even explain it, but her temperament would change to match whatever mine was. And I don't know if that is necessarily the breastfeeding or just, I mean, babies can pick up on things. So if we were even just in the same room, that probably would have happened. Mm, Yeah. You You know, there is a lot to say for that. And I appreciate you being open and sharing that because, you know, having postpartum, you know, mental and health uh, issues is, is very common. But on top of that, when you're dealing with emotional abuse and you're trying to just, I mean, you're, you're single mothering it. I, I have not been there, so I I can't say that I, I know what that's like, but, uh, hearing you share it, you know, it really sounds like you felt alone in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, when that relationship ended, I continued on my path to finishing college and being able to provide for my daughter, right? That was my mate. That was that was my why. That is the reason why when I graduated high school pregnant, I still was like, I'm damn it, I'm still going to college cuz I got to be able to provide for my baby. And uh I just made it work because I knew I had to. I wanted her to have a different, better life than than I had, right? That's everyone's goal. Like no matter how you grow up, you want your kids to have a better life than you. 
absolutely good bad mediocre whatever that's (laughs) that was our parents you know dream that's going to be our dream whatever so uh it just it was like a non-negotiable for me I was still going to finish college and then now that we were split up I knew I was going to be on my own so I wanted you know her to have a good life so I finished college and um when I finished college at that point well we I kind of skipped a a little chapter we ended up getting married after she was born um and then split up a year and a half later it took a couple years to actually get divorced so uh you know people weren't cooperating and things (laughs) so uh when I finished college we were finally divorced and um I I really, my goal was to get out of my hometown because I was still in my hometown. My goal was to get out of my hometown, give my daughter a better life. And um, when you're married to somebody and then you get divorced, generally, it's really hard to move out of state. (laughs) But that was my goal. Um, So at that point, I actually, I, I had sole custody of my daughter, um, because my ex didn't show up to a child support hearing (laughs) and the judge asked me when I wanted. And I said, I don't care. I don't want any money. All I want is custody of my child to be able to move away when I'm ready. And so I got it. (laughs) That's what I got. I got lucky, really. I I really got lucky because most judges are not going to grant grant that kind of thing. But when he got when it got to the point where I was graduating, he knew that I was going to move because that was always my plan. I wasn't even, you know, my plan was always to move out of my hometown after high school, but that plan changed, obviously. So the next best time to do it was after college. And, um, when he realized that I was going to be moving, he took me back to court to try to get custody, at least shared, you know, joint custody so that I would have to have his permission to move. Um, so at that point, if it wasn't already stressful (laughs) enough and you're trying to make a better life for you and your child, now you're being pulled back into this, right? Right, right. So, um, and you're still breastfeeding through this time too, or no, no, at that point okay. I wasn't, she was four when I graduated college. So okay. it had been like a year since I stopped breastfeeding, but, um, yeah, so I, we ended up going through court battles and all that kind of stuff. I ended up being able to still move. Um, and at that point I moved to Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> oh, you were yeah. local to me. <laughs> yeah. So I moved to Tucson. I um, got a job there and I started working at a CPA firm because uh, that was, you know, that was my path. After I finished my accounting degree, I wanted to work for a CPA firm and see if I actually wanted to get my CPA license. So that was, that's what I did. I worked there for a couple years and, um, and then I started, <laughs> then I started dating a guy that lived in California and um, we started getting serious. And so then I moved to San Diego, uh, and I brought my daughter along with me at this time. She was, um, five and a half, maybe. 
And uh, so that's currently where I'm at. I'm not with the guy that I was dating then (laughs) anymore. I'm with a different guy um, that I met at work years later. And um, he and I uh, ended up having a baby uh, four years ago. And then we had another one two, almost two years later. So I am three children in. At this point, I'm done with children. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, not like, you know, done with children, but I'm done having children. And um, I just weaned my last baby a couple months ago. I think it's been a couple months. Oh, yeah. Wow. And he was two. So um so you've done amazing (laughs) thank you so if we jump back to when I had my second daughter who's now four um I breastfed her until well she was one when I found out I was pregnant with my third and she uh I actually continued to breastfeed her. I was still breastfeeding her when she was one. I was still breastfeeding her when I found out I was pregnant. I breastfed her all through my pregnancy. I did go through a little window of time where it was pretty uncomfortable. And she was at a point where she was like, she probably would have been ready to wean, but I, I wasn't quite ready. I wasn't listening to the signals. I wasn't listening to, I don't know. Like I just kind of let let it go and then at that point it was like fine again (laughs) and so I nursed her until after my son was born I tandem nursed them until she was almost three wow so yeah this is this is a little more (laughs) rare and and I love that because I've tandem nursed as well did you find that to be like a really great experience for you or like your children or, you know, I'm sure there were probably some ups and downs there. Definitely some ups and downs. There were some really amazing moments, like when they would hold hands when they were both like, they would literally breastfeed at the same time and hold hands kind of like twins probably do. Yeah. And it would just like melt my heart. Um, there were other times where, like, I kid you not, my son, even even when he was, like, a brand new baby, he would get, like, really jealous and, like, kick her if she tried to nurse while he was nursing, even on a separate breast. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's really funny. Yeah. That, he was like, that, this, like is, this is my mom. At the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there were definitely some challenges like that. And then it started to, that started to happen a lot. And so at that point, I was, like, done. I was like, okay we're done nursing you toddler. Her name's Kira. (laughs) We're done done nursing you. And, um, and so then we're, we're down to one at that point. And then I nursed him until, uh, till right after his second birthday. And honestly, I didn't think he was actually getting that much breast milk at that point until I decided to wean him cold turkey. (laughs) And then I realized how much he was actually still getting. I hear that from so many moms where they're like, I don't know if he's getting anything. And I'm like, uh, they totally are, but you just don't feel it. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause anytime he would nurse, I did, it just felt empty still. Like I was just like, okay, I don't think he's really getting anything, but he was still waking up a lot at night and wanting to nurse. And I was over it. I was getting to the point like, well, we're, 
freaking like four years in of nursing and being pregnant and stuff. So it's like, uh, I was ready to stop. And so the way we actually ended up waning is I took my oldest daughter to Disneyland and we stayed two nights. Um, even though it's like only a couple hours away, we stayed two nights and I left the, the little kids with their dad. And before I left, I told my son, Callahan, uh, when I come back, there's going to be no more milk. And so I just kind of prepped him before I left. And when I got back, um, of, of course, while I was gone, he slept through the night and he was fine for his dad. Of course. <laughs> and then, Isn't and that then when always I got- how it works? I know. These, I myself included, but I've had many clients where they're like, I don't know, you know, my husband's not going to be able to handle it. And they can totally so handle funny, it. right. You come back, your husband's like, I don't know what the big deal is. Slept fine for me. And you're like, exactly. so angry. <laughs> yeah. So that happened while we're gone. But then when I came back, of course he started waking up and asking for milk and I just oh, went yes. strong and say, Nope, it's all gone. Even though obviously I was engorged. <laughs> Right. Um, I just told him it was all gone. I wore t-shirts that were up to my neck. So it was difficult for him to get access. (laughs) And for, you know, for me to be able to stand my ground, that's what I had to do because it was hard. Um, I wanted to relieve the engorgement. I wanted to comfort him, but I just would say, no, the milk song's all gone, but I'll rock you or I'll cuddle you. And, um, he didn't throw fits. It was pretty amazing. He would ask for it. Um, but then he'd be like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I think that's important too, because what you said is, you know, really he was two. So the normal age of weaning for humans, if we just go by our biology and, and physiology and everything that we're made for is, is, you know, the earliest age would be two. So he was two. So, you know, Mm -hmm. technically, yeah, he should have, been more or less ready. Some children go longer and that's okay. But I always try to encourage the moms I work with and anyone who's listening that it's important that you listen to your body too, especially like where you said you've just been breastfeeding for so long and, you know, maybe had some, you know, a lot of sleepless nights and (laughs) you were like, you know what, I'm, I'm ready for something different in my life. And, uh, you know, I have some, moms and, and myself included, I've, I've been there as well, where I thought, well, you know, self-weaning at all costs, but that isn't always the best strategy when it comes to ending your breastfeeding journey. So I really like hearing your perspective and what worked for you and that you mm-hmm. recognized what you needed. Yeah. And to be honest, I, when I weaned him, I, or when I was considering weaning him, I, I had tried it like a couple times and I told my partner, like, I'm just going to need you to put him to bed at night. Cause I can't, like, I don't have the strength to not nurse him to sleep. <laughs> um, but logistically that wouldn't, that didn't work for us because he works late and he comes home after the kids are in bed often. So at the, and then I just gave up on trying. I was like, well, I can't, like, I don't have, I know this about myself. I don't have the um, the follow through, I guess, to be able to say no, um, like every night. So I, we had to wait until the opportunity presented itself. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take my oldest daughter out of town for a couple nights and you can stay home with the kids. And after I come back, then I'll be ready to 
to to wean him because it was also like when I left for two nights and I was like, wow, this is amazing because I hadn't been away from either of the two little ones ever <laughs> overnight. So it when was, you do that it, for like, the first up time, a whole new world. <laughs> Right. It's, you're like, wow, I've been missing out. This is really nice. (laughs) Yeah. So that gave me like the little push to come back and be like excited about it. Right. Like then at that point I was like planning out, okay, now I'm going to start doing girls trips and I'm going to like, I'm going to plan at least once a month to either do a girls trip, like some girls thing or like a, a staycation with my partner where we hire a babysitter, which we have done since then now. We stayed at a a casino in San Diego for a night. We hired a babysitter to come over for 24 hours and we, we went on a 24 hour date. (laughs) It was amazing. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. It sounds like you kind of had a little celebration and I think it's important for you to celebrate that new stage of motherhood for yourself because you know, I think so often sometimes I hear women talking about the grief that they might feel and and that is very real and I'm not denying that, but I also think you should really celebrate how much you've given to your children and take some time for yourself. So I'm really glad that you did that because I think Mm -hmm. that's just a wonderful way for you to reward yourself, you know? Exactly. And that was my intent. That was absolutely my intent because I was so afraid actually that I was going to be really emotional um, when I weaned him and I think I had like one good shower cry, like when I was like in the shower, my boobs hurt. I'm trying to express a little bit just to relieve the discomfort. And like, I cried a little bit and then I was like, all right, (laughs) I'm good. But what actually ended up happening instead of like a major grief, which was, which is what I was expecting for a couple weeks, you know, with the hormones balancing out and stuff, what ended up happening is rage. I had like crazy, crazy rage. I was just angry. Like I was short with my kids. I was like yelling and like, I'm not proud of it, but I just want people to know that that's a possibility. Like your hormones are changing and you might be expecting grief or sadness or a little bit of the blues, but end up getting hit with rage. So if you do, (laughs) it's normal, I think like it's, and it's a possibility. So don't, don't discount it and don't beat yourself up for it because it might be less, less within your control than you realize. (laughs) And that's really, really important. And I'm so glad you said that because you can experience postpartum rage at any time. And it may be associated with weenie. It may be associated with the immediate postpartum. It may be associated with going back to work or just pop up randomly. And, Mm -hmm. and there are hormones at play and there are so many factors. And it's usually a sign that we just, you know, really need to be taking good care of ourselves and slow down. And, um, again, you took some time to, you know, just go be with your partner and experience, you know, just that a little bit of a separation, right? So just because Mm -hmm. you leave your babies, uh, or toddlers or whatever, doesn't mean you're a bad mom. In fact, it might be the thing that makes you a great mom. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I, you know, we've kind of run through the entirety of your breastfeeding journey, but you said something and I wanted to just, normally it's not like a topic that I really cover in our, in this podcast necessarily. Um, you know, we're really focused on the conversation around breastfeeding, but, uh, I know for me, and I shared this on my, my episode, uh, about my journey breastfeeding my son, which, 
you know, I, I left a career that I loved and there's someone I'm going to be bringing on the podcast here very soon. Her name's Kendra Hennessy. She's from mother, like a boss. If you haven't checked her out, go check her out. She's going to be incredible, but she kind of helps, you know, moms who left the workforce and are suddenly not working and Mm -hmm. she helps support them. And you, went through the whole college thing. You said you came to Tucson and you became a CPA. So you have started your own business through all of this journeying of mothering and breastfeeding and all of that. And I'd love for you to just tell our listeners a bit about what that experience has been like, because I started my own business breastfeeding my son and it definitely wasn't easy. And it was obviously very rewarding. And now today I am able to do this podcast and things that I wouldn't have been doing had I mm-hmm. gone back to my corporate job. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about that from you too. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. And I'm going to like take it off track for a second where a lot of people, um, when, when you have kids, you and you had like a life before children, whether it's a career or um, hobbies or all of the above, and you have children, you're, you kind of like lose your old self, right? And you have to create a new self, if you will. And um, even though being a mom has been like the majority of my adulthood, um, the first time I had my first one, the first time I had my first one, when I had my first one, <laughs> I went straight from basically being a teenager to a mom. And so I didn't really ever struggle with like the identity shift. Right. Um, but this time around, since I had built up a career and um, I worked in corporate, I, I had worked my way up to a pretty high up position um, in the company I was working at. And then I got pregnant and left and had the opportunity. And I'm so grateful for being able to stay home with my kids because I didn't get to with my first one. And I really, that was like my only stipulation. I was like, that's, that's fine. We can have kids, but I'm going to stay home with them because I didn't get to with my first. And I really want to experience that. Um, and I just had a different, um, appreciation for being able to do that. That being said, I still miss my job. (laughs) not necessarily the job itself, but I missed having like another purpose. Right. Right. So, so, uh, I started and, and I had worked so hard to get to where I was in my career and, um, get my CPA license and, and all that. And I didn't want to just like chuck it in the trash. (laughs) And, uh, so I decided to start doing bookkeeping at home just to keep myself current. And then I was going to catch up on my continuing education. And I made that decision when my first, when my second daughter, my now four-year-old, when she was um, about one. So like when a baby's around one years old, one year old, that's sort of when you start coming out of the dark forest <laughs> that is postpartum. And, um, and then you start feeling like, okay, now I'm ready to like find myself again. And so for me, that was starting my business. Shortly after that, like literally a couple weeks after I had made that decision and started going down that path of starting a business and catching up on my CPEs, I found out I was pregnant again. So I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to power through this through the pregnancy. So I started building a business while I was pregnant and had a toddler, which I mean, 
it's possible. I wouldn't highly recommend it, but it's possible <laughs> depending on how ambitious you are. Um, and do you feel and, like you did what you had to do? How do you mean? Like, like, did you feel like you really needed, like, like if you wanted to create a certain lifestyle for you and your children that you, you know, went forward and pushed through with, you know, career stuff or just curious how you feel about, you know, like you said, it, it was hard, right? Right. Um, I think for my situation, I definitely like me doing bookkeeping from home definitely wasn't like a necessity. Like we're in a pretty good position where we can live okay on one income. Um, it was more for me, it was more to utilize my background and my education to give me something to like a goal to work towards. Like, even if it's not a goal to start a business, but for yeah. any mom, any new mom or any mom who has, has older children to have something to work towards for herself, whether it's uh, yes. mastering a new hobby or skill or like starting a business, like it's really important to have goals to work towards. So that's really what it was for me. Plus I wanted to have a little bit of spending money, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, so in my situation, it wasn't a complete necessity, but it has morphed into um, more of a, ne not necessarily a necessity at this point, but we are, we have, I have goals to grow my business to a certain point so that my husband's partner, well, he's not technically my husband, my partner can retire from his job and come work with me because he also has a CPA license and an accounting and finance background. Um, and that'll be part of our, our plan to like be able to travel more and work from wherever because my business is completely virtual. And uh, so now it's becoming a bigger vision than what it started out with for sure. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I, I have to say, I think I'm going to bring her on here because she has a unique uh, breastfeeding story, but I was chatting to one of my good mom friends about this. And so like I, I started a mom's group and I used to be really involved in that in the Leche League. And I feel like I immersed my identity in motherhood and not just motherhood, like breastfeeding my baby, you know, and, and it's definitely obviously a part of my identity today, even though I'm no longer breastfeeding, but um, you know, I really felt like I lost myself in that initial postpartum with my son. And it wasn't until sort of my, my purpose found me in many ways. Uh, but when I decided to start my business very much like you, it wasn't a necessity, but I knew deep down at my core that there was a part of me that was never meant to just be a mom who is just solely a mom. And that was my work. I knew that there was another bigger purpose that I'm supposed to be here doing and yeah, wanted to create more freedom for my husband and my family and things like that as well. So I can definitely relate. And now, you know, I was chatting with my mom friends about this and she was like, yeah, I don't identify with like that mom stuff anymore. She was like, you know, these mom's night outs or whatever. She's like, <laughs> it's girls night out. It's not mom's night yeah. out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of at that stage now too. And, and maybe it's just that our kids are a little older, but when you, um, to me, 
and I know a lot of moms, it feels like initially you're kind of in this fog, right? And, Mm -hmm. and when the fog clears and you come back to like who you are as a person, yes, you are a mother. Yes. You may be a breastfeeding mother and, and those are pieces of your identity, but it doesn't need to become your whole identity, right? You don't need to lose yourself in this. And in fact, like you said, how your mom was this amazing example to you with breastfeeding, you can be this amazing example to your children with being this entrepreneur that you are. So I think that's so powerful for any of the moms listening to this who are wondering, you know, should I go back into the workforce? Should I start my own thing? You know, what you just said about your business, that it's virtual. I think that's incredible. Like for, for moms out there who are maybe listening and they're thinking, I would love to have that kind of, you know, lifestyle or freedom or whatever that Serena's describing, you know, maybe they're even interested in doing what you do. Do you, I think you mentioned you had a, you have a blog, maybe you can share that with us, but just where would you suggest a mom like that start where she's thinking, you know what, love, love being with my babies, but there's something else out there for me. Yeah, I I honestly would start with figuring out what you're passionate about. Like before you had kids, what were you passionate about? Um, and then looking at what skills you have. Um, I will say this, if you're a mom and you run your household, you can probably run a business. <laughs> you may not realize it, but if you pay the bills and you manage all the schedules and getting kids to practice and packing lunches and, and managing the maintenance on the house, scheduling things to get repaired and all that. Like you're running a business right now. Oh, I could not say that better. And (laughs) if you're like most moms and you research the heck out of every car seat, baby mattress, swing, like pacifier, whatever, right? Like you are in it to win it. And uh, yeah, no, you're going to like ace any job interview. Don't forget you yeah. like acquired a massive amount of skills right now and you are the ultimate like multitasker. Oh yeah. And like, let's not even like forget the negotiating skills. Like I negotiate Ooh. the heck out of my, <laughs> with everything with my kids, right? <laughs> oh yes. I've gotten so good at sales with my kids. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah. And then I would say like a, a lot of, um, like all those skills that you use to run your household are prime skills for being like a virtual assistant. If you want to work virtually, there's lots of programs out there. Um, if you have, if you happen to have a bookkeeping background, you absolutely, or accounting, you absolutely can do that virtually. Um, I work virtually with the majority of my clients. I barely got my first local client recently. Um, but the rest of my clients are in other states, other cities, all over the place. Yeah, that is so awesome. (laughs) I, you know, and, and just because of like the timeliness of this episode, uh, you know, I actually just met with my accountant this morning to do my taxes and there's no reason why I really needed to go there in person other than he's a jolly guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but also with this coronavirus, COVID-19, you know, I think what a lot of companies and just people are realizing is, uh, we don't actually need to be filling up office space with people for a lot of things. We don't have to meet in person. Now that's not saying that everything can be done virtually, but there's a lot more out there than we think. And if you have a little bit of creativity and a lot of elbow grease, you can really make it work to 
create anything for yourself. And like, yeah, I use virtual assistants all the time in my business. So if you're wondering how this podcast gets produced, I have never met the person who has helped me with this. So uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, maybe someone listening could, you know, if you're looking for something, reach out to me and see if I could use you. But like, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I think we need to talk about because the other thing I see, and maybe not necessarily playing into your story, but just amongst things that you shared about going to college and whatnot, you know, now you know, and even then, right, there's online classes. So, you know, you may not even have to spend money on childcare. You could be at home, you could be breastfeeding your baby, you could be taking a class and you don't have to go through the extra expensive formula or whatever. Now I'm not saying that you're going to get your best to learn on if you're got oh, yeah. a baby with you. You might I did fail to mention that I got D's in a couple of those classes online, but oh, <laughs> uh, thanks for being real. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I failed my math class in college my first year, but you know, I made Dean's list the next year. So like, it's okay. Yeah. You make up for it. And I wasn't even breastfeeding. I was just a regular college kid. So. <laughs> but word to the wise, do not take calculus two as your first math class in college. Thought I was ready. I was not ready. So <laughs> you're an accountant. You probably would have done quite well, but, um, actually that's really funny that you like everyone always assumes that accountants are like super math whizzes. And the truth is, <laughs> I mean, there are some that are like my partner. He definitely is a math whiz. He can do all kinds of math calculations in his head. I can't. I still count on my fingers. I'm just like really kick ass with Excel and a 10 key calculator. <laughs> there we go. Right. Le leverage that technology for sure. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, Sharina, thank you so much for sharing your story. There's so many elements to this and I feel like at the end of the day, just hearing you and your tone of voice and everything, you genuinely sound really happy and like that you're proud of your breastfeeding journeys that you've had three different ones. And it means so much that you would just share that with our listeners because honestly, I don't think this stuff is talked about enough. I really, really don't. And we're just scratching the surface here, but your story is important and I really hope that it's word medicine and inspiration for so many of our listeners out there. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've always had this desire of from being a young, such a young mom that um, I wanted, I wanted to get my message out there in some way to young moms because, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully, young moms listen to podcasts, right? Like, I'm not that age now that I'm like, uh, I don't know if this is cool and hip for the, like the young kids these days, but <laughs> here, listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, I will tell you what, if you're a young mom and, and however you want to classify that for yourself, you know, let me know, like take us, take a screenshot of this podcast, tag me on Instagram. Uh, Serena, if people want to look you up on Instagram or, or social media, where can they find you? Yeah. On Instagram, I'm at Serena Shoop CPA. Shoop is spelled S-H-O-U-P. And um, I'm on LinkedIn, Serena Shoop. And I'm also on Facebook, uh, Serena Shoop CPA. Awesome. Well, we'll link that up in the show notes for you guys. But if, if you found this helpful, if you want to connect with Serena, we'll link up her information and then she just spelled it out for you there. But I just have to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, your story is important. Your story is so valid. And I learned so much just by chatting to you today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. 
Well, I just want to say a big, big thank you to Serena again for having her come on the show and sharing her story. I know these are vulnerable things that you all are sharing when you share your journeys with us. So my heart goes out to you, my immense gratitude. And I know that by Serena sharing her story that she's helping so many of you out there who might be struggling, might have similar life circumstances going on, and to just inspire you to let you know that you too can also breastfeed despite some big life events happening for you. So with that, uh, I just wanted to say that if you have not already, your reviews on iTunes do so much to help our podcast get in front of the ears of more listeners who need this kind of information, need this kind of inspiration, and need this kind of breastfeeding talk in their life. So please leave a review on iTunes if you have not already. In fact, if you'd love to do that, take a little screenshot, tag me on Instagram with it, and I might have a special little surprise for you. So uh, thank you again for being a listener of the podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback on any of the episodes or what you'd like to hear in the future. Find me on Instagram, send me a message, and we'll chat soon. Did you know most moms stop breastfeeding in the first month postpartum? I believe succeeding at breastfeeding means having the right mindset. In fact, studies show that the number one factor that determines breastfeeding success is commitment, which is why I've created my incredible audio download of breastfeeding affirmations where I give you actionable mantras so you can breastfeed your baby with confidence and peace of mind. And best of all, it's free. To get access to this audio and PDF, simply visit holisticlactation.com slash mantras, and you can get started right now.